The year is 2020. Over the last three months, shit, April, four months, everything has gone to shit, but one thing remains constant. We will do a podcast, and maybe sometimes it will come out. Welcome to the digitally downloaded podcast, uh, part of digitally uploaded. I messed up. <laughs> I got tongue-tied so bad. Keep it, no, just roll with it. Intro now. Yeah, this is the intro. <laughs> Welcome to digitally uploaded podcast, everyone. The companion podcast, digitallydownloaded.net. Uh, my name is Alan. I'm going to be hosting today alongside some other people. Hello, everyone. Hello. Make a, make a giant sound so it makes it really hard for yeah. later on. Yeah. So everybody says hello. Yeah, yeah. What? Yep, good idea. Um, so we have we have Matt. Hello, Matt. There's two Matts. Hello, Matt Sainsbury. Hello, Alan. This is the worst show we've time. ever done. Every time we do it. Hello, other Matt. Hello. Matt God. He's in New Zealand. Yeah. I actually I, I actually have, have have changed my the name on my birth certificate that now says Matt from New Zealand. <laughs> Like, honestly, that's pretty helpful, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I did it for you, Alan. Anything for you, Alan. <laughs> I really appreciate that. This is the only <laughs> Matt from New Zealand, is he? Yeah, there's only one that's allowed. Yeah. yeah. One Matt to rule them all. Uh, we also have Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello. Are you not going to try my last name? No, because I don't want to say it wrong, because I know it's... <laughs> like, do you want me to try, really? Oh, this... I'm not yes, going to try. let's do it. No, no. And that's a, that's a uh, director's uh, cut. That's I'll put 50, 50 extra uh, vodka ounces in my drink just so we can try this. <laughs> 8 a.m. <laughs> <do you? laughs> and also, hello, Harvard. Hello. Uh, <laughs> this is just, I forgot how much chaos this podcast was. It's great. It's literally just because I've not done this in a while and also my brain is broken because I'm in a different time zone to you all. Anyway, you as all? you might know, is that this is the first podcast we've done in a very long time, everyone. Um, we have mm-hmm. had a bit of a different in terms of living on the other side of the planet which has made it a bit harder than usual to record so we're now moving to a different format of once a month but they will be a bit longer now as well which is good so we've got a lot of stuff to get into today obviously because it's the end of april at the time of recording um and that means that we have to talk about a lot of games coming out for next month which is hugely exciting so we're gonna jump in for some music matt what music do you want it's miku i know it is but it's I... miku uh, let's do it what is it <laughs> uh let's go with the let's go with a classic to bring us back um we'll do romeo and cinderella there we go romeo and cinderella why is it called that because it's a masterpiece <laughs>
and welcome back from that. So, like I said before, we've got some games coming out this month. Who would have known it? Things that you will be able to play because realistically, you've probably not got a lot of things going on right now. <sighs> so, Matt, you have the giant magical list. I would like you to share the giant magical list with us so that we may discuss. I do. I have a great list. It's hey. it's the best list. There's lots of lists. Lots of games. Not actually... Um, so let's let's jump into it. Let's look at the PlayStation 4 first up. Um, we've got on May 5, John Wick Hex is coming out on console, which is cool. <laughs> Jonathan pretty, Wick. Yeah. I hear that's a pretty neat game. That's by our friend who made the Thomas Was Alone shapey puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He's been championing around the indie space for quite a while now. And yeah, this one looks pretty slick. Uh, what else we got? We got Star Wars Episode One Racer comes out on May twelfth. That's the remake of the N sixty four thing that everybody loved. Um, from it's, yeah, honestly, it's, it's the a, best it's thing to racer. come from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not saying much. Um, that, yeah, <laughs> let's let's Ooh. not talk about that movie. We'll all have opinions. Um, on May thirteen, one day later, we've got Super Mega Baseball three, which I know Matt C, as in New Zealand Matt, Matt from New Zealand, he's going to be playing that, right, Matt? You like I that? I will be. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. It's baseballs. Um, it's fun. It's the sports balls, which is pretty good because nobody can actually watch real sports balls right now. <laughs> They're all being cancelled thanks to COVID, so we can enjoy the digital sports balls instead. Um, on May 19, Edge of Eternity comes out. I don't know why I should know that name, but for some reason I think I should know that name. That's um, like an old that's an old JRPG of like the PS3, isn't it? Edge okay, well that's Eternity. why I should know it. It's, I was like, yeah, make it delayed that long. It's a real no, anime sounding name. No, it's it extremely anime, anime sounding. This is one of those things that, you know, the old joke from the podcast of uh, wake up, serenade, <laughs> Diamond Rhapsody Fantasia. Oh hell yeah! I would play Diamond Rhapsody Fantasia. That sounds, <laughs> sounds awesome, great. actually. Yeah. No, okay. So this wasn't a PS3 game. This is actually just a game that I thought just... was the Lost Odyssey. So it's not the Lost Odyssey. <laughs> no, it's just a new game. No, I'm <laughs> still waiting game. for the Lost Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a thing anyway. So if you like the sound of Edge of Eternity, Google it up and. It might be a game you want to play. Um, on the same day, the Wonderful 101 Remastered comes out. Now, I did not like that game at all, but I know a lot of other people did, so yay for them. They get to play it. That's going to be good for them, since you don't have to pull out the Wii U anymore to play that one. Um, we have another sort of Sword Art Online game coming on May 22, which I know Alan is going to be super keen on. He's going to play it a lot. Oh, you loves, know I love Isakai. He loves Sword Art Online. And Harrods, um, of course. Two things I'm known for. <laughs> Something that Alan actually is interested in it will be Saints Row the Third Remastered, which I'm not interested yeah. in, but Alan yeah. will be. It was the best Saints Row. It is yeah. the best Saints Row. Saints Row 2 is probably the best. but They're all bad. Um, wow. <laughs> on May 26, the prequel to the two Utawara Romono games that we've already got comes out. That's going to be great for me. Um, that's the visual novel... <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> it's going to be made for exactly one person. Me. Well, probably, given how well these things must sell. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's the prequel to the series of uh, visual novels slash 
Fire Emblem style tactics RPG things, which are really great. I really enjoy them. Um, on May 28, Shante and the Seven Sirens lands on the PS4, which will be cool. More Shante is good. Um, and that's that's basically it. That's all the PlayStation stuffs that's happening. Um, oh, Minecraft Dungeons. I know some people will be interested in that, but you know. Um, yeah, look, you know what? No, I'm good. <laughs> we're all too old for Minecraft. We're all old people here. No, Minecraft is good. What about the RTX packs which just came out or has is yeah. coming out? I don't know. I don't know the time frame of things. That's oh, like the, the the ray tracing effects. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, cool. everything's pretty. You got lights everywhere. It's like Minecraft for like the modern generation. So Minecraft, but with better lighting. Bizarre. It's it's. <laughs> I watched the videos of that. They don't they don't look right. No, it looks weird, <laughs> doesn't these, it? These, these kids in there ray tracing. Does anyone actually know what ray tracing is, or is it just uh, like it's, a, a it buzzword that people keep repeating? It's just lighting stuff. I'm pretty sure it makes things prettier. Uh, it means uh, that you can see the light inside of you. The light is traced by rays, which then um, I, I Ray Romano that, yeah. comes in with a torch <laughs> and he screams at you for Deborah. That's a oh, really old reference, that is, Alan. <laughs> nobody, nobody on this was, listening to this so podcast is going to get that. Incredibly niche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody, nobody listening to this podcast is going to understand. I'm that the reference. kind of person so, well which says, like, when Twitter people post uh, memes on Twitter, it's like I wish Twitter had like a meme like deciphering button. And right now, I wish this podcast had like a meme deciphering button. What's <laughs> of a meme? It's just it's Ray Romano. He played the he played the mammoth in Ice Age. <laughs> Moving on. No one remembers that movie, Alan. I remember that movie. It was great. Heck you. <laughs> Moving on to the Switch. <laughs> um, the, the Switch is getting pretty much the same stuff as the PS4, but there are a couple of additional titles. On May 19, there is a game in all caps called What the Golf, which I don't know anything about, but the all caps is really catching my attention. Must be pretty good. Otherwise, why would it shout at you? Um, <laughs> Can't be that logic. That's, that's, that's irrefutable. <laughs> Call, put put any title in capitals and you'll immediately double your sales. That's the that's the the secret for all indies. Um, earlier and Alan, close your ears because you're not going to like what I'm about to say. Um, on May 15, Hatsune Miku Project Diva Mega Mix lands on the Switch, which um, I mean, I've already got the game because I imported it from Japan on the day it released, but for everybody else who isn't going that far with Miku, um, it's there. It's gonna You're going to be able to play it, Miku on the go, on your Switch, which makes it the best console of all time. So that's a good thing. Yeah, so it makes me happy that you're happy. <laughs> Thank it you, Alan. It doesn't make me happy that I have to listen to this while I'm editing. <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> You can do whatever you want in the comfort of your own home. If you expose me to it, I will scream <laughs> at the top of my lungs what's going if on. If Matt forces me to play it, I'm going to make my friend's kid a weeaboo. That's going to be my mission. I'm going to be like, hey, you play this cool game I just got. And then he'll play it, and then he'll like it, and then he'll convince his parents to buy it, and they'll be great. I feel that's bad basically for you. That's basically how we all end up with the, the Miku. That's, how, that's how the weeds reproduce. That's how it does. That's how it works. That's how it's it goes. It's like the Ouroboros virus from Resident Evil. <laughs> oh, but actually, can I ask a serious question on that note? Um, right. Matt, because, because Future Turn was on Vita, right? It was always portable. I can go theoretically get my Vita and play Future Turn, right? What is it? Pr- 
Well, there's a couple oh, the of Apple things. Yeah. There's a, is there's it... a couple of things. Firstly, there's more music in Megamix, so you can the base the base game is a hundred tracks, and then there's also thirty tracks with a DLC if you want, or you can get the premium version or whatever they're calling it, the special edition which has all of that rolled into one. So you can get up to 130 music tracks. I think across the three titles on the Vita, there was only about 80 or 90 tracks. So more music, which is good. Also, it looks so much better on the Switch. Like the Vita one is fine, but it's not the high quality um, that you get on the Switch. Also, the, the Switch version of the Miku game actually has a new visual engine. So it actually looks distinct to all the other Miku games. And that's a good thing. The Vita version is on a piece of hardware that came out in 2012, I want to say. That's not that long ago. That's a long time ago. It's only eight years ago. That's enough for me to be back in high school. That's Yeah, but you're young. Back when when Alan was still a baby. Yeah, when I was still a baby. Also, with the the Miku Switch game, you don't actually have to dust off your Vita. And I don't know about you, but I don't know where mine is anymore. Um, I, don't I don't know where my Vita is, but I don't know where my charger is. It's just, just it's just a micro USB cable. It's just a micro USB cable, Trent. You just plug one in. To, you can buy one at JB Hi-Fi. No, it's right not now. for the big it's ones. Not, it has a, it has a, it's not. Oh, he has the old school Vita. Okay. Oh, yeah, you've got the OLED. Old Vita. I have the good uh, Vita. Yeah. Well, you're, you're screwed then, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can't play your Vita. The Switch Miku also has a t-shirt designer, so you can design your own t-shirts. Just play Animal Crossing. Just it does, and just I, play I made, Animal Crossing. I made a great t-shirt, Matt. I made a really cool t-shirt. It's You're like Miku loves, Miku loves DDNet. That was that was a great t-shirt. It's a good t-shirt. Anyway, was I wish you probably... Move on before I lose my Miku. goddamn mind. Um, there is one other game... <laughs> there is one other game that I think some people will be looking forward to that comes out on the Switch next month. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. So if you've somehow missed the Wii and then the 3DS ports of the game and or still want to play it again, there you go. You'll be able to play it with uh, a full HD remaster. It is, is cool. grind time, I believe. Unfortunately, it's not a, it's, it comes after Final Fantasy VII Remake, which has basically changed how everything in that JRPG <laughs> should work. But, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Later on I, in the by podcast. the way, I'm shocked that you actually like that Final Fantasy VII remake. No one's more shocked about that than me, yeah. Alan. <laughs> we'll talk I about was expecting later. to yeah. really dislike it. <laughs> I was expecting to really dislike it. Anyway, we'll talk about that later on. Uh, game, what game are you going to play this month, Alan? If you get one, you get one game, that's it. I only get one game? Yep, you get one game. Can I, can I pick any game instead of the ones All that the other games about? are cancelled, so yeah, all yeah, the games responsibility. Are yeah, big responsibility. You get one game. That's it. Um, can I can I pick none and just keep playing TF2? <laughs> Is that if okay? Yeah, if you want to be boring, uh, Matt. <laughs> just instantly <laughs> moving on. Yeah, <laughs> Matt. What uh, game would you pick? If you get one. If I can only pick one, I'll pick one that you haven't mentioned. Team Fortress Two. <laughs> Team Fortress Two. Yeah, um, yeah, dude. No, no, it's not. It's it's. Absolutely not. Um, it's a game called Best Friend Forever, um, which like is a, a New Zealand-made game. It's basically like a dating sim visual novel kind of thing. With, um, but you, while also raising a dog, so it's a dog raising simulator, and then you meet 
other people with dogs and become friends with them through their dogs and end up <laughs> going on dates and having fun. I'm really it sorry. So it looks strangely really wholesome. I know that you said meat, but then you match <laughs> them with your dog. <laughs> I was like, okay. No. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. You just look after, take care of your dog, and then go and enjoy <laughs> I, the I, company of other. I, I'm re- I'm with Alan here. You're not making it any better. <laughs> just look it up, okay? It's, it's I'm extremely sorry. Awesome. I'm sure it is. I'm ruining the game. You are. You're ruining yeah, the game. It's also not else. realistic because everyone's in isolation and you can't go out and meet your dog. <laughs> you can't go out and meet your own dog anymore? Is that how no. gotten? Okay, fair enough. Yes. Dogs are outside animals. You're not allowed outside. <laughs> wow. Moving wow. on. Harvard, you get one game. <laughs> I think Harvard's really dead. Uh, hmm? Am I still. Yeah, you know, you're alive. Yeah, you're alive. Oh, okay, good. You're That's alive. a surprise. Uh, I would just probably play Xenoblade Chronicles because I haven't finished the second one, but I really like that battle system of they drop you into a giant map of openness and there's just this one level 90 gorilla that can destroy a party and you're just wandering around being like, please don't destroy me, and you're trying to get along with the story. It's it's a good vibe. Hmm. Fans of Xenoblade will know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I know, because like, I played that game back in the day, and I had the exact opposite reaction to that exact same thing, where I was like, why is there this dude who can just sneeze on me and I die? <laughs> it's like realistic, right? Because you don't want to go into the wilderness and have everything be vaguely your level. You want to have some stuff that's too easy and some stuff that's too hard. I don't play JRPGs for realism. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't. I do. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. When I go as like a five foot seven person with spiky hair who is also a really good dancer for whatever reason, I don't think, wow, how come he can lift a sword? That's not my first question. It's my second question, actually. It's because it's made out of paper mache. (laughs) It's just. It's just. He's just like stuck a razor blade to the end of it and said it's the sword. (laughs) It's just a giant paper mache cut out. Um, Trent, you get one game. <laughs> one game? Well, I'm going to be boring and just keep playing Animal Crossing because as it's a game, games uh, as a service game, you know, it's always constantly updating with new events and new features. So there will most likely be an update in May and then it will be a Games of the May. I'm going to kill Crazy like, Red. You can, you, like, can mute, you can mute Trent now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm going to kill Crazy Red and steal his boat. No one can stop me. The- Despite what Trent was saying, Animal Crossing actually is good. It is actually very good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm still playing Animal Crossing every day because you have to kind of play that game. It's a commitment. You've got to play it every day. It but I'm only fishing now. That's basically all I do. Which is what I did with the 3DS thing as well. I played it a lot for the first couple of weeks and did everything. But then I realized that the only thing I really, really enjoy doing is fishing. So I just fish. That's I built thing. a garden today. It was really pretty. It's really pretty with shrubs. Oh, oh, the shrubs. Oh, yeah. You can I grow shrubs so on, shrubs. like, cliffs. I demand a shrubbery. <laughs> it's so cool. I've been planting shrubs everywhere. <laughs> you know, the yeah. one thing that I haven't liked about this new Animal Crossing, though, is that it's so online, and I feel like I have friends who will be like, oh, let's visit towns, you know, let's have fun. And then they come to my town, and I just feel abject shame at how little I've made my town look nice. Okay, so I, I haven't like opened my village up to people coming and I haven't played it online and stuff. 
if you leave messages on that little message board, can other people read them? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I probably shouldn't actually let people into my town because <laughs> the messages I'm letting them. You just uh, don't want to know. You've, so, you, you've been you've been drawing ludes on your message board, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been an interesting way. It might be a way I can promote the Miku game. Um, I don't know Animal what Crossing. This. <laughs> I really don't. You know you can talk to like let email letter email. You can send letters directly to the animals if you're like threatening them or talking to them like that if they're Miku or something. Like you can you can do that. You don't have to put it on the town board. I'm really concerned as to you guys are using this as a way to abuse the animals in your town when it's meant to be a nice game where you be nice to people. Well, I'm still waiting to get Bill into my town, and until I get Bill into my town, I don't see any reason to be nice to anybody because I'm I'm bitter and angry that Bill is not in my town. He's this somewhere white else. White democracy is broken. <laughs> Bill is the only Bill is the only good animal. It's truth. I'm, I'm I want the creepy new cat, but I'm trying to put in the um the, the the Bernard character, which like everyone says is creepy. I got the amiibo card for him because he's got like a cool like creepy like he like watches every character in your village sort of like vibe to his house so i've got the amiibo card just so i can have that in my village that terrifies me and why can't why can't why can't we build guillotines for um for tom nook because it's a game for children matt yeah but you know they've got to teach you got to teach them the right lessons you know tom tom nook is a a, a raging capitalist and he he needs to get what's coming to him Oh, he's a raging socialist, which gives you, like, um, There's nothing no socialist interest. about Tom Nook. No interest, uh, houses for everyone, affordability, a private island. Yeah, private island's kind a of the opposite island. of socialism. <laughs> no, I think you understand what socialism is. <laughs> Alright, let's go to music. <laughs> Animal Crossing team. <laughs> So, um, 
as we alluded to before, a certain game came out in the last... When did it come out? Like two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks well, ago. it depends on where you were in the world. It depends on where you were in the world, but... <laughs> because, yeah, it broke, it broke street date, like, by weeks in places, which was great. Yeah, it got yeeted out into the world, which is nice. So, yeah, this game came out. It's called Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it's, uh... <laughs> It's apparently funny. You just you just said it like I have this secret game that no one's ever heard about, and it's just guys, it's it's called Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, it's pretty niche. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Mega <laughs> Sword Five: The Phantom Pain. But uh, but yeah, um, Final Fantasy VII came out. It's a game. I haven't played it. I don't really intend to. I don't really care about Final Fantasy VII in general. So, woo. Um, but Matt Matt did. Matt liked it. And Matt, I, I expected Matt not to like it. I expected I Matt did. to message or tweet aggressively for about 17 hours saying how much he hates video games and how much he hates fun. He still does it, that. Yeah. It was, I still that was, do that. That was supplementary rather than the focus, though. <laughs> I mean, the thing was, I mean, I didn't even have time to dislike it at any point because you might remember back when Death Stranding came out, I was rage tweeting about it or rage messaging about it in the Slack group and then um, <laughs> yes, it slowly converted it slowly converted me and then before the by the end of it I was like oh my god you know Kojima's a god um, that was a that was a dramatic turnaround but Final Fantasy 7 did it even quicker it was like within 10, 10 minutes I was totally hooked on this because thing because you were it's just like brilliant. over that one character what is that one character called the one who's Jesse. like thing for clout yeah yeah, yeah Jesse's great Jesse's so, so Jesse's Jesse's top Top tier stuff. See, I only remember I what Matt not, likes because it's like something. Team Rocket. It's like Jesse James. That's the vibe I get from it. <laughs> no, but yeah. Jesse, Jesse, seriously, is a big reason that I like Final Fantasy VII, and not just for reasons that you're thinking, Alan. No, it um, definitely is for the reasons that you're thinking. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it also isn't. Jesse has twin Jessie, pals. No, she doesn't. She's she got could. nice. She's got nice bushy hair, which is great. She's great. She's a great character. But the thing is, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> back with back with the original Final Fantasy VII, there was I mean Jesse was there for like two lines of text and then disappears and it's all over and then she never shows it's up again. It's all over. <laughs> she dies. Whereas well, and with... then she does show up again and then it really is all over. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. So Jesse's a very bunch of bit character, but in this one they've actually gone like all out. So they've given her a full narrative arc. She's got you know. A full character development process. You actually go to, you you go to her house and meet her dad in a way, in a very odd way. But um, and then you go on a mission with her and you just learn all about you know her her dreams and aspirations. And it's it kind of emblem is emblematic of everything that I liked about Final Fantasy VII, where they took the basic Final Fantasy VII game, the original, and they just completely changed it <laughs> they they just uh they, they used it as a basis but then just threw so much in to make this world and the characters much more interesting this time around so i was not a fan of final fantasy 7 the original um it was the one final fantasy game that i just could not get along with uh but after playing this one i was able to go back and appreciate the original as well so i've been converted to be a fan of final fantasy 7 as a result of the remake good on that square is, enix that is baffling to me because i, I... Also, Cloud does this really gay dance scene, which is great. <laughs> that is great. It is I, great. I, it's I, a I, really I, amazing scene. It's genuinely I, a, high, a high point of a very good game. 
Yeah, it's my favorite. Like, it's the one cutscene is like my favorite one cutscene in the whole thing. It's just so spectacularly kind of uh, nightclubby and camp. And it, I, I walked away from it wishing that Square Enix did like an entire rhythm game of stuff like that because they that'd did. be cool. Final Fantasy VII dancing. Final yep. Fantasy VII dancing all night. That would be great because that like, was that scene spectacular. And they only do it once. Like, they only have like the dancey thing once. And that's, I understand that as them trying to do Yakuza. And like have like the weird and wacky like side story things. That's at least how I see it, which makes me happy because Yakuza. It's does not that. really weird and wacky though. It actually goes to. <clears throat> it, it really does kind of enhance Cloud's character, mm. um, and it's a pretty pivotal moment, like in terms of the overall narrative. The Yakuza stuff is very kind of the wacky stuff is kind of to the side and not really part of the main game. Whereas this this scene is absolutely essential to Cloud's development as a character. And it's just an amazing scene that they just threw in there. And another reason that I kind of really enjoyed this remake, because if you just played the original Final Fantasy VII, you would never expect a scene like that to just show up. And it does. It's great. Hmm. All right. Well, it's it's a game. I'm not the only well, one. Matt's, Matt's the same. Way. Matt loved it too. Right, Matt? Other Matt. Yeah, it's very a Matt game. It's a... It's a, it's a... It's. I mean, I was also in the same position as you, really, where I don't know. I was expecting to not like it, and even after playing the demo that they released earlier in the year, I was like, oh, "Really, do I want to?" This seems like a a kind of a game that is trying to be too close to the original, but not in any interesting ways. And then I played it, and that's not what it is at all. I mean, it it's... completely flips Final Fantasy VII around, is the thing. Yeah. And we can't really talk about the really big stuff because it's all very spoilery and, you know, we're not allowed to talk about spoilers. Because I was going to say, because I've ruined heard... the game for people. But the, I don't want to go the, into the, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, the stuff that happens in the, the last couple of chapters absolutely flips Final Fantasy VII around on its head, which is really brave <laughs> from Square Enix. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like this really brave game that I was not expecting. I was expecting it to be as safe as anything because how could Square Enix, you know, touch its most valuable game? But they've really, like, they've done a lot of touching. Well, because it's, it's written by... <laughs> we're going we're gonna to glide past that. It's written by Nomura, isn't it? Sorry? It's written by Nomura this time, right? Uh, yes. Uh, so they're Kingdom Hearts. I don't know. I don't think he's... Yes. Well, he was the producer. He's the, direct, he's the producer. He's the I think it was written written by the um, I can't think of his name. The writer of the original FF Seven was the main okay oh. narrative story writer. I kind um, of always expected him to take it in some bizarre, strange way because Nomura does nothing quite like Nomuraing a game up. Yeah, well, he's num- he somehow managed to <clears throat> he's somehow managed to Nomura this one up, but in a way that actually shows that he's a talented fellow. That he sometimes. gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rather than just being like, well, it's Riku, but he's older, and also this time, he's got brown hair. <laughs> Watch out, everyone. Get your thirsts ready. Yeah. It is also a very, a very thirsty game. Like, they've I, taken yeah. every oh, character totally and game. <laughs> made them as hot as possible. Like, Cloud <laughs> has, like, um, still in high school, kind of, um, he's held back a few years, but he now deals drugs kind of vibe to him. <laughs> He looks really young compared to what I imagined from the PS1 5 Polygon Cloud. That's because in PS1 5 Polygon Cloud, everyone looked like they had a cone for a head. <laughs> no, but still, back then I thought it was like 
mid thirties or something, and this one he looks seventeen. The the one problem with making all the characters hot and thirsty um, is that there's no kind of, in the desert. <laughs> it it kind of. <laughs> It kind of makes Cloud's character really odd now uh, in terms of his love interest because, okay, so Aerith <laughs> is... Here we go. In the original Final Fantasy Sarah, in the original Final Fantasy VII, Aerith is like the obvious choice anyway because she's this lo- lovely girl and, you know, it, it all makes sense. But all, and all the other characters are not that interesting, right? But this time around, every character is like totally... Yeah, totally hot, totally thirsty for Cloud, and they, they're basically throwing themselves at him. And then he picks the one rich girl from the slums. And, yeah, it, it's just, like, it, it's Big a weird choice now. You know, he's got, he's got this long relationship with Tifa uh, since they were kids. You know, they've known each other, and she's thirsty for him. And then, you know, he's gone through actual kind of war conditions with Jesse, and she's got the thing for him. And then he just meets Aerith. She gives him a flower and he's kind of totally heads over heels for her. So, yeah, that was the one thing. <laughs> in, turning it into, in, in, turning, in turning the game into this weird harem thing, um, <laughs> they've kind, of, kind of messed with Cloud's you know, uh, characterization in terms of the, the love interest. Um, and again, we can't get into spoilers, but... So, Matt, should someone pick up Final Fantasy VII Remake? Should you should you pick up that game? Yes, absolutely. Okay, pick it up and put it in your PlayStation and play it. Even you should you should <laughs> definitely Jesus coaster personally. You should definitely consume that content. What yes. if I buy it digitally? Can I pick it up still? Yes. You don't want to buy it digitally because it's a ninety gigabyte download. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's um, a lot. Unless you yeah, live in New Zealand, where it's still the only way to buy it, because well, you that's... can you can buy it in stores in Australia. Yes, because yeah, eBay Games is an essential store. Even in America, GameStop, a GameStops is reopening because it, it because now, you know, games are starting to come out again. You know, that's essential. Yeah, but America's the best drinking is essential. No, but also just like drink some bleach; it'll be fine. Yeah. So but transitioning, just, transitioning just, beyond Final Fantasy VII. Um, my favorite bit of Final Fantasy VII was when the president okay. and <laughs> to, to, to inject <laughs> themselves with disinfectant. Yeah, hell yeah. And then, and then, and then came, came back and said he was just being sarcastic. What was that, Matt? Sorry, I missed that. I said my favorite part of Final Fantasy VII Remake was when the president encouraged everyone to inject themselves with disinfectant. Oh, right, yes. And they did that. Well, that's Shinra. That Shinra, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not the smartest brother, not the smartest bunch of people in the shared Shinra people. Um, I personally cannot wait for Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus remake. Yes. <laughs> oh, dude, that was so very specifically that decade. Like, <laughs> done, like Little Kingdom Heart Stars come out. It's great. It's so bad. I love it. I wonder. I would. I would say it would be. Do they introduce thing. Vincent in the next game? That's the question because there's going to be three, right? That's the plan to do three Final Fantasy sevens. I don't yeah. think they've actually said that. I think it's just people speculating. They haven't. They've just it's said it'll be seven Final Fantasy sevens. I think each one is broken yeah. into seven parts. <laughs> each one is seven hours from the original game, <laughs> basically. Actually, yeah, no, so... you know what? I want them to do Crisis Core. I want them to redo Crisis Core, but without Gact. Get rid of Gact. Get him out of there. No, I want them to do. I, I I really want them to do a remake of uh, Final Fantasy VI now, using the same exactly the same engine that they used for Trials of Trials Trials of Mana. Um, oh 
No, can we talk about that, please? Because the voice yes. acting in that gave me want to freaking throw my laptop out the window when I heard it. That little girl, the little healing girl, the worst. <laughs> Set her on fire. Throw her out a window. Don't care. I haven't even... I haven't started playing it yet, so I haven't, and I haven't watched any videos, so I haven't heard voice acting, but I have just, I've seen screenshots of her dialogue, and it makes me want to die. Hello, I am a (laughs) She's not a... Oh, I have seen that, yeah. (laughs) She's she's not a great character, but the rest of the characters were all good. No, I guess poison now. Why do I keep calling it Trials? Trials of Mana is a a particularly good game, and it's another, it's kind of the opposite remake to Final Fantasy VII, so where Final Fantasy VII remake completely kind of trashed over uh, the original whenever it kind of suited Nomura. Uh, tri- trials, for fuck's sakes, Trials of Mana. Um, I cannot... Trials of Cold Steel Mana. I swear, when I wrote the review, I had to go through and change like half the <laughs> times I called it Trials of Mana. But um, yeah, tra- tra- fuck. Trials like, of Mana. Falcom's just got a gun to Matt's back. Say Trials, say Trials. Do it. Trials of, trials say of Mana. Richie, is a... Say it one more time. Say Chowder. <laughs> Trials of Manor is a very traditional remake. It's like the exact spot for spot, moment for moment remake of the Super NES thing. So it's really good in a, a different way, very different way. Um, it never came out in the West, though, didn't it? It did, like, well, last year. Came out last it year. did it last year, thanks to the collection of Manor, yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, that that I would like to, to see them do Final Fantasy VI that way. So a very exact remake of Final Fantasy VI using the same kind of engine that um, that Trials of Mana used. So, yeah. I want also, Final Trials of Mana has... Everyone knows Trials of Mana, the best character is Angela, so you should all play as Angela if you're playing that game. I've never seen the screenshots, but I can imagine what she looks like. Like, Twin Tails? Uh, no, not Twin Tails, but... She's wearing, like, this bunny costume? No, no, it's like a leotard thing, <laughs> oh, but it's God strapless. Sakes, Matt. It's it's a strapless leotard, and it's like falling down, and it's 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 the it weirdest. Is. It's the weirdest thing. Like all these cutscenes, I really do expect like things to pop out, and they just it's it's distractingly fan servicey, but uh, it's good. Angela's a good character though. This doesn't sound <laughs> like a game that I'm going to play. I play it for the stories. Oh god! You know what? We're going to move on from that. All right. Well, actually, can I ask about Final Fantasy? Eight actually, because what yes. I would really want is to see that game get the Final Fantasy VII treatment, but everything else yeah. kept the same. But it has a tutorial because trying to play that game today is ridiculous. I had to what Google so many guides. What is a junction? Someone please. I know, me. just figuring out junctions and cards and like don't win battles but turn your enemies into cards and in, all the guides literally. Like, in the game. There's uh, a tutorial that, in the original game. There, that there is a tutorial in the game. You need to just, you're just it not just doesn't make any sense, though. <laughs> no, I'm just illiterate, basically. Uh, the one thing, I mean, in that hypothetical Final Fantasy VIII game, I think the thing that we would all get you know, most interested about would be the summons, because Final Fantasy VIII had so many summons that you could track down, unlock, and then every single one of them had like the most spectacular kind of cutscene whenever you used them. Final Fantasy Wait, VII Remake has a bit of that, but Final Fantasy VIII would be like turned up to eleven. I want Final Fantasy. How do you summon games. things? Did I miss this? Summons. What? How do you summon things? I haven't summoned anything. And did you not? Didn't... Did you not play the tutorial at all, Harvard? Like... No, <laughs> but, like, I know how to draw. Are we, are we talking about Final Fantasy VIII? I, I know how to draw things. I know how to cast spells. I know how to improve my stats with the. Where do you level up when GFs. you? Okay, when you level up your GF. You can have the option to <laughs> to unlock summon. 
Now, when you unlock summon, you put it as one of your commands in the game, uh, in, in your character. You link it to one of your character's commands, and then they can use summon in battle. When they use summon in battle, the little a little clock ticks down, and once the clock ticks down, then the the super attack happens. It's very simple. Okay, can I translate that into what I what I heard, Harvard? What you do is you get the summon, you go into your cards, you pick out the card, and you, you put it into your deck, and you put your deck into your pants. And then the, <laughs> clock, then the clock strikes at midnight, and you can pull out one card from your pants. And if the card in your pants is a summon card, you can reinsert it into your pants, and maybe when the clock strikes twice, you'll get the summon. I'm, I'm like 15 hours in, I've not seen the summon command anywhere. That's, check your that's, pants. That's not called summon. Matt, Matt is oh, lying it's to not you. Called summon. It's called GF, and you don't have to level up your your GF to like they they all have it from the you have start. To level up your you girlfriend. Just... I thought you had to level them up. I thought it was an unlock one of the. <laughs> no, they just they all have it from, from the start. Okay, even okay, easier. I will then. experiment and let you know how things go with my GF. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like this game just needs an easy mode like Final Fantasy VII Remake has. Sounds like this game <laughs> needs to use <laughs> words in English. <laughs> If you're playing the remastered one, it has it does have an easy mode. It has a like great. you're invincible mode and instant level up mode and that kind of stuff. Yeah, everyone's got so much hate for it, and it's like I want to play this game now because hate this has really it. because it's like you know, oh, it's too easy. I don't know. I don't know what the internet complains about things. Complain about a lot of things, mostly about how when a clock strikes twice, I don't have a junction card in my pants. It's very disappointing. <laughs> well. That's, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> it is honest. a me problem. Honestly, it yeah. makes me very sad. And with that, <laughs> I'm going to end this nightmare. Okay. Um, oh, gonna... because because we because no. we talked about Final Fantasy VIII, we can have Man with a Machine Gun as the no, song. No, we can't. No, yes, I knew can. we were say that. No. Man with a Machine Gun.
turn, and we're going to talk about a little bit of a platform-based discussion. Now, that's a really weird way of saying that. Oh, well done. He can, he can present. He's a smart gamer. He can use the word. The that continues. In fairness yeah. to Alan, just to anybody who's listening in and we're just watching Alan or listening in as Alan slowly degenerates into madness. I hope you're not madness, watching me because it's... It is, <laughs> it is like midnight over where Alan's recording. So he's he's doing... Like, he's been a champ. Yeah, I'm a... Managing this thing I'm as well as he is. I'm a bloody legend. Maybe he's got an itch Bow down to get the to podcast me. on. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. Trent was... Trent was holding, uh, giving you like Segway gold there, Alan, yeah. and you just let the ball drop. Trent, I really appreciate that though. <laughs> um, yeah, itch.io. Itch.io. <laughs> Amazing segue. Itch.io is an online platform that is designed for game creators to sh- uh, to shell, to sell, <laughs> to sell their wares online, to peddle their wares like the merchant from RE4, just like he says, "I've got a fine thing for you here, stranger." That's all we need. Itch.io, Matt. What is Itch.io? Itch.io. Tell me more. <laughs> well, we Take wanted the to mic talk... away from me, please. <laughs> I guess we wanted to talk about Itch.io because it's... I don't know, it's been around for a while now, but I think that it's still not perhaps recognised by uh, by as many people as being a really good place to go to to get games that um, it deserves. So it's basically like, I don't know, a Steam for indies, if, if you will. Um where, I mean, the the barriers to, to put stuff onto itch to sell are much lower, as in so low that even I was able to do it. Um, and you can get the digitally downloaded visual novels off itch.io. Um, you should do that to support the website. Wow, Matt, are you saying there's a way to purchase my favorite digitally downloaded visual novel on itch.io? That's right, Alan. That is wow. That is truth. Um, <laughs> so... Cross, cross promotion over. It's actually a really good platform for people to experiment with ideas. And as a result, um, if you, I mean, it's a little bit of a pain to navigate that website because it's not, it's not as prettily designed as Steam Store or whatever, but you can actually find some real gold in there. And um, it kind of goes across the entire spectrum of development from early prototypes right through to finished products. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really good stuff. And as a critic, um, one of the things that always weirds me out is that itch, itch.io is actually also a, you know, a really good platform for the creators because they get more money out of it um, than the others. And um, yeah, I don't know. Whenever you get game codes as a critic, it's always for Steam if it's a PC thing. Um, and Yet they, they never seem to want to support the, the itch platform by getting critics to play the games on itch. So yeah, it, it's I don't know. It's it, it's a great platform, and I, I just feel like it doesn't get enough credit for what it does. I saw a really interesting take, which was that uh, recently the Epic Store has been making its uh, making its model kind of like we curate the games, right? Every game that appears on Epic Store is a great game, and itch.io is kind of like the opposite of that is right it's like we don't care about the quality of your games publish it with us and i think that makes it good because you don't have anyone de- you don't have anyone determining hey i think your game is good or bad or anything it's just like whatever you made if you think it's cool just put it out there someone will find it yeah and that's the thing like there's this game that i really enjoyed um it's called didus d-e-a-d-u-s uh and it's 
it, it was programmed as a Game Boy game. So, um, you know, it's the black and white monochrome thing. And if you buy it, it's actually a Game Boy ROM. So you can then load it up on your emulator consoles. And if you've got, you know, or wh whatever you use to play Game Boy um, games. And it is exactly a Game Boy game. And that kind of thing would just not get released on any other platform. So That's so rogue. Like they give you, like, the, the emulator file to play the game and you need that. Well, it's just a That's ROM. Actually so, so cool. Yeah, it's just developed as a ROM. And the only way, I mean, it, it's a true Game Boy game. It's not like a one that kind of uses the aesthetics, but is, you know, a modern project. It's an actual Game Boy game. And yeah, it's just that kind of thing is is what Itch does really well. Because, like I said, you can't, you would just never find that on any other platform, amongst other reasons. Because I'm pretty sure that if you were to upload something to Steam, you couldn't, I mean, a ROM wouldn't be the way that you can. Um, sell it i'm pretty sure steam wouldn't allow that so yeah it's it, it's a great platform for all of that stuff and if you go you know kickstarters for example if you run in a kickstarter you'll the, the developers will often put the game in proto, prototype form there so people can you know play it and test it out and decide if they want to back the kickstarter as well so it works as a kind of demo thing that is not as kind of encumbered by rules as uh steam's early access so yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool platform, and I really encourage people to check it out. Like I said, it's a little bit hard to navigate through, but once you find the golden stuff there, you'll never look back. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I've found some pretty interesting games on there that are like, you know, five-minute, ten-minute long experiences that probably wouldn't work on Steam or anything like that. It's just a good little extra thing to keep your eyes on, I guess, which is kind of frustrating because if you're, like, you know, normal sort of consumer of media a normal art interested person you're probably not going to have the time to you know scrape through hours upon hours worth of digital straw store fronts i can't say words anymore i can't i can't speak english yeah you're probably not gonna have the time to do that so you know bringing some awareness to the ones that are good like itch is a good thing and it should be done because itch also gives them more money buy games on itch if you can do you know what's good about Itch too is that it's much easier to follow a creator because I think the, the vibe and the ethos of that site is you make a lot more smaller games that are kind of towards your authorship versus Steam, whereas like you want to spend all your time and effort to polish something, one thing amazing, because maybe you want to release your first game and it, it, it does well and your second game still doesn't. And what I like about Itch especially is like you will start to find creators that you personally enjoy and that you just want to follow. Like one of mine is called Sockpop Collective, and they're a group of developers that release a new game every week, I think, or every month, I can't remember. But it's not really themed, it's just like they use similar assets, and it's just the same ethos of maybe like constructy games or buildy games or something fun. And, you know, you learn to, you learn to enjoy that developer's style. And I think you miss that when you're on Steam because you're always just going to the next big new thing. Yeah, and I think it's kind of, it's got a social media vibe to it a little bit um where yeah definitely interactions with the developers are much more encouraged like direct interaction with the developers most of the developers on that platform that are actively on itch and not just kind of dumping the game there is another platform most of the developers on there are kind of really engaged with it on a personal level so and they're very small developers there might be only you know teams of two or three people if that a lot of them are single creators so it has that kind of uh patreon vibe as well where you do feel like you're kind of directly supporting a creator that you you're a fan of so yeah it's um it's definitely the right thing for indies because i think that indies get a hard you know 
Um, they've got a hard job on any other platform. You can potentially release something on Steam, of course, or even if you it's impressive enough on the um, you know if it's curated on the Epic Store, but over there you've got to compete with whatever crap the EA is throwing out um, or Activision or um, Steam itself. <laughs> you know, um, everybody's playing that VR Half-Life game rather than whatever little indie thing was released last week. So, yeah, the the competitiveness on those larger platforms is difficult. And on consoles, a lot of these kind of small games get overlooked as well because they're not the kind of content that people want for console games. You can't really release a hour-long game on console thing without having whatever audience you find kind of raising up and angst against you for being too experimental. So, yeah, itch is really it. It's the one one. It'd be nice if um, it'd be nice to see itch start to get integrated in some way with with some. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I would love to see one of the console manufacturers, whether it's Sony or Nintendo or even Microsoft, um, partner with itch so that you know they could deploy that platform on those consoles and people could access the games that way. That would be a really neat thing. This sounds like an Ouya situation. Talk oh, about the Ouya. No, we don't. We don't talk about the Dark Times. <laughs> <laughs> that honestly feels like what the Ouya was made for. I just itch didn't exist at that point. I yeah, thought it, it was did. More I thought itch was a time. really old thing. <laughs> well, maybe itch could do its own console thing. Um, I think, I'm unlike the, the Ouya. Was that you'd buy that, Matt? I'd buy an itch console. Yeah, I'd buy an itch I'd buy it in a heartbeat. I'd like really like it. And call it like the scratch or the rash. In fact, I really think <laughs> I think given given the nature given the nature of the um the, the itch platform, a, a kind of little handheld thing would be really cool. That yellow um, um wind up thing wind up thing, whatever it is, <laughs> that that console which was gonna come out, that thing. That would be cool. If it was like itch related. Yeah, the only thing I'm concerned about is, you know, good old games, how they used to be actually a fantastic site, and now all they do is hawk the new Witcher game, you know? It's like, I'm worried that a big developer or, like, a big group will just move their territory in, and then suddenly it's not going to have the same appeal anymore. Well, I mean, the reason that good old games hawks the Witcher is because it's the same company. It's CD so, yeah, they're owned yeah. by it now, yeah. But the, the original ethos is just basically gone I, at this point. I can't see itch getting bought out by anybody that's not uh, that's not really the intention of each um and I, I can't see any major publisher seeing value in it because it's just too much of a wild west and well a couple might put their games on there if you look at it i mean ea is not putting its games on each uh, activision's not putting its games on each you can't get final fantasy 7 remake on each that's not really the platform for that stuff um They've been buying some moisturizer. <laughs> yeah. So Jokes. yeah, I I, <laughs> I I would be concerned the other way that itch runs out of money. Um, that's I think that's a <laughs> that's always a a genuine concern with something that's kind of niche um, because they are generous with their developers and you just wonder where they're finding the money for all the servers and stuff that they run. But there are rules, I think, that also protect itch that way. Um, there's actually a hard limit on how big the games are that you can put on itch. It's actually quite small. I think it's like a, maybe one gigabyte. No, it'd be more than one gigabyte. Maybe a hundred gigabytes. Um, that would be less than a hundred gigabytes. 
<laughs> that would mean that you, you somewhere between one and a hundred. Somewhere behind. Yeah. It, it's it's. I can't remember exactly what it is because my games haven't got even close to that limit yet. But um, it's it's enough that you can put an indie game on there, but you certainly wouldn't be putting major blockbusters on there. Three D games are. And all of that stuff. That's why it's kind of a more of a platform for little 2D platformers or um, low-resolution stuff or visual novels because, yeah, 3D assets would chew up that limit pretty quickly. So I think each has got stuff there to protect it from having its servers overloaded by big games that aren't making it much money. But, yeah, there's a, there is that concern that how it's going to be monetized into the long term. Matt, am I right... And just because I know you've released stuff on there, you would have insight into this. I've heard that they let basically the developers choose how what how much itch gets out of sales. Like there's a default amount, but you can developers can change that if they want to. Is that right? To be honest, I actually haven't investigated that. Um, I've just taken the default with my games, um, and it's it's really not. It really doesn't take much of a cut, but it may be possible um, to give them a bigger cut. But there are other things you can do, like you can uh, you can link itch to Patreon, for example. And if you do that, then everybody who backs you on Patreon or whatever, they get a, a code um, to download it. And then itch gets absolutely nothing from that because um, there, there's no transaction through itch at that point. So the, there's, I, I get the sense that money isn't the objective for whoever's running itch um it's more about enabling the developers to take control of their their releases and their creativity which is a it's a noble thing um but yeah if there is a way to adjust how much itch gets then i would certainly look at that in the future i think because i want to support the platform i think it's a good one they're also really active in um just the indie community and run a lot of like game jams and that kind of stuff they do, and right. actually, you can set up your own game jams as well. Like, there's always game jams going on there. That are some of which are actually just driven by the community. Some guys decided to yeah. to run a game jam, jam, and everybody's jumped on and participating in it. They have all kinds of things that are designed to um, highlight games in the community as well within certain categories. Uh, and this is uh, this is a really useful one as well. They really do not put any kind of um, requirements on ter in terms of content uh, and I I'm talking about kind of not safe for work stuff and adult stuff itch really doesn't have any limitations on that you can do whatever you want there as long as it's within the bounds of the actual law but unlike steam or the consoles or whatever there's no you know you, you have this kind of material in here you, you can't release your game on our platform stuff which is which is really good because again that allows people to explore whatever kind of creativity is important to them and find communities that just can't access that stuff in any other way. Yeah. And um, with that, shall we, shall we go to some music? We shall shuffle along. Shuffle along. Can I pick the music, please? Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, pick music from my games. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Can't I don't think I can. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely difficult. You've made it for me there. Um, I am... <laughs> going to pick a song from Titan Quest.
so as you're probably aware, you're probably in lockdown. I, I don't know how you could not be aware of that, honestly, if you are in lockdown. I'm impressed that you are able to create this new world where you're not in lockdown, but this is where we're at. As a result, people have been playing a lot of games recently. Um, Why are you in lockdown, Alan? I'm not going to say. It's because of all the cocaine. <laughs> this is going to age so well. It's just a lot of cocaine <laughs> in my eyes, Matt. I need to inject it there, otherwise I don't get the buzz. Speaking of that, Valorant. Welcome to our, our lovely child-friendly podcast. <laughs> Family-friendly. Kids don't <laughs> inject. Don't, do not inject anything into your eyes. It's a general rule of thumb. Especially um, disinfectant. No, no, do that. That helps you. That's good. And and do not um, do not wash your food with uh, bleach. Oh, that's so good. good no, that, that owns. I don't know what you're talking about. That owns so much. Imagine like having the mental fortitude to be like, I'm going to spray this extremely toxic thing onto my food and then eat it. Like, hell yeah. What a legend. <laughs> anyway, we've got time to play games because it's, you know... We're in lockdown. As a result, we're all going to go around and just talk a little bit about a game that we would recommend for the lockdown. And as such, I'm going to start us off because I wanted to talk about Valorant and no one else wanted to talk about Valorant, so it's going to be me. I didn't even know it was a thing. I just Googled it while we're in the uh, interim, and I was just like, what? This looks like Counter-Strike. This looks like, uh, what was the other one? Um, Overwatch. The other, yeah, Overwatch. It's like yeah. Counter-Strike. Weeb Counter-Strike, I like it. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, so Valorant is the new shooter by Riot Games, and it is essentially the mechanics of Counter-Strike, um, but sort of changed a little bit with some like hero-based ability-style stuff that you would see in a MOBA or in something like Overwatch. Um, I am confident in saying already that Overwatch uh, should be extremely worried, uh, because this game is so much better. It is so much better than Overwatch from what I've played so far, because I, you know, I come away from each game not wanting to tear my hair out because of like bad balancing or just like frustrating design. Um, it is very much in the vein of Counter Strike, so it's very dependent on you know, coordination, map knowledge, um, and you know, spray control on all your weapons. Um, because if you run with a gun, for example, you are just going to die. You're just going to get a headshot, and you're dead. Um, it's, you know, if you have played Counter-Strike, it is that. It is just Counter-Strike, but it's new, and it's really fun, and I So like would it. you say it's got a lot of content, Alan, to help you... Not really. ...bide your time, bide your time through the, through the, the, uh, lockdown? Is it something that you can sit there and play for, for many, many hours? I mean, I played that... it for a lot. I've played it a lot, Matt. <laughs> a lot? Like, a lot. Um, there's only three maps at this point, because it is in closed beta. Um, but... You know, there's a lot of stuff in there that is just awesome. Um, the characters are all pretty interesting. Um, for example, there's one character who has a flashbang that goes left or right, depending on which way you click your mouse, which means that you're basically pulling off a complicated flashbang technique from CSGO, but you're doing it without, like, practicing how to throw something at a wall for seven hours, which I don't have time. I don't care. I don't want to is learn there a diva? To... There is no diva because the game is actually balanced. Well, that's kind of a diva, actually. There's a character that I think Matt would like in it. Oh, Jet or Sky or... Okay, there's multiple characters. Is it Wind Girl? Yeah, I thought it was going to be Wind Girl. It's Wind Girl. Okay, Matt, you might like Wind Girl, but you're also going to have the game. (laughs) Let's have a look. So what's the... How do you spell the game? I'm going to check it out. Valorant. 
Matt's going to look at Peter Dinks' character as a It's like a Valor and then an Ant. Valor Ant. To be fair, I googled Riot Green Games girl. first person shooter. I didn't even try to type the name yeah. in. <laughs> The weird thing about all of this now is that Riot Games was previously for the last 10 years only known as that League of Legends company. And then suddenly one day they announced, hey, we're going to make an FPS, we're going to make a card game, we're going to make everything. And where it's been really successful. I have not, I didn't see this coming, but yeah, they've been sounds, really good at doing things like they League, Sounds to me like League of Legends stopped being popular. That was the problem. <laughs> I just want another Unreal tournament, and I'm really annoyed that Epic just was like, "Oh, we're starting to develop one," and it was like out as like your game you could play. It was really nice, and they just needed a bit of polish, just needed some levels, and then they're like, "Oh, well, Overwatch is popular now. We're not going to make this style game anymore." Like, I just want an Unreal tournament style game. Can't that just be a thing? I don't want all no. these add-ons. I don't want to be like a fairy princess, like casting spells and shooting like ray guns of like. You know, destruction or something. Trent, I don't know. I just want Trent like, play Valorant. <laughs> why does why this does, is for you? Why does Valorant have, does it exactly have the, flag? Why does Valorant have exactly the same art style as every other shooter? What do you mean? It looks so uh, Overwatch. Everything no, so has to be Overwatch. The art, designer, so Overwatch. the art designer is actually from Team Fortress Two. Well, maybe they should find a better art designer. No, I disagree because the game can run on a potato machine. The reason yeah, is the reason it looks like that is so that it can run on any machine that you want. The character design yeah, like is 120 just so. Uh, the, the well, I wait for a switch port then. The character design in this thing not looks so very content driven. It's just this is what is popular, so let's do this as well. It's it, more just uh, that it's easy it, to read it who they are. It does look like. It does look like Battleborn. I'm not gonna lie. It does look a lot. Oh like god, Battleborn. no, it's not. No, no, no. We're not. Don't even <laughs> say that to me. That is a. That is actually offensive. <laughs> they all look the same. It's like. That's because they're not meant to be strange and hugely different. They're not meant to be tanks. They're just dudes with guns. That's the idea. Can I ask, though? Is it still, like, you need to find a code from some streamer on Twitch before you can play it? Yes, yes. Immediately lost interest. I'm sorry. I I, I just, nah, I'm out. Yeah, I waited 22 hours in a stream to get a code. Yeah, that's not not me. What? No. Can't you just give me a code? Like, what is this shit? No, no, that you makes... wait a stream for 22 hours like I do. That no, makes, I, that makes I, Alan, that makes this game rather difficult to recommend as a, <laughs> a lockdown no, game if you're not no, going to be able to have it in the background. <laughs> play it in the background. It's really fun. It's I know this fun. is isolation, but people still go to work. People still do things. Like, come have on. Have it like, in the background while you're I, at work. No. <laughs> what, who watches not, some by the crappy time you YouTuber? Get a... By the time you get a code for this, the um, by the time you get to play it, the lockdown will be over and nobody will be playing video games anymore. They'll have lives again. Um, I'll be playing. <laughs> unless you're in America, where the lockdown will last for about 50 years at least. Oh, no. Yeah. True, and but hope- no. And hopefully, hopefully close borders with that. Stay away, Americans. You know, <laughs> get, over, get over your flu and then you can come, come party with us again. Um, Matt. Yeah, Valorant's really good. What? <laughs> play it, what play it, play it, you- play it. <laughs> what are you playing to get you through the the lockdown? Anything in particular special? Is there anything I've extra been, that you're I've, doing? I've been trying to think of an answer this whole time that is a bit more creative and interesting than Animal Crossing, but I haven't got there, so How, Animal Crossing... Like, Animal Crossing was released at exactly the right moment. Oh, it was perfect. <laughs> it was the day that lockdown began. So, actually... <laughs> 
here's the new conspiracy theory. Nintendo actually started this whole disease in order <laughs> to, to make sure that it spread at just the right point that everybody desperately needed Animal Crossing. Um, well, right that's as, why uh, GameStop stayed open. As soon as, as soon as Animal Crossing was released, they closed GameStop. It was an essential store until Animal Crossing was out. Well, in fairness, Animal Crossing really is an essential game right now. Because it's like, just so I mean, wholesome and kind of uh, escape from reality. It's, it's exactly what people yeah, think. Yeah. Honestly, I seriously think that it's the, 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 and the, and the right I, game. I think the thing is, it's not even like I've got nothing to do, so I'm playing Animal Crossing for 12 hours a day kind of thing. I play maybe two or three hours at most. I kind of wake up in the morning and I turn on Animal Crossing so I can go and pick all the new fruit that have spawned overnight and go to the store and see what items are selling today and check turnip prices and then I turn it off and go to other stuff and then I play a bit more in, at night just before going to bed as a kind of wind down thing and then in a way it almost sort of encourages me to go to sleep and have a proper sleep schedule because I there's the there's just knowing that oh tomorrow there'll be new things again there'll be new fruit to pick and new items in the shop is uh, just a, uh, I don't know, encourages me to. But that's when you play look, like look, a little look bit more to tomorrow. time travel till tomorrow, so you can do like tomorrow's errands. No, in, if you time travel at, like, Animal midnight. Crossing, you're a coward and need to be just removed. Yeah, like that. Just so, what, somebody needs to pull out that speech about. Someone needs to pull out that tweet about uh, dif- difficulty levels with Sekiro, and then yeah, yeah. yeah apply to. It really time, is. Time hey, skip. It's like... <laughs> No, just like don't cheat. you haven't you haven't Im- you haven't improved you haven't um oh, what was that tweet that Sekiro difficulty level yeah. tweet. there's that's a lot of those tweets you didn't, to be cheat, fair. you didn't just cheat the game you cheated yourself yeah yeah, Hell yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no, that animal crossing i agree is is um is definitely the kind of mental break that you need for stress and whatever. When it's like 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. It's perfect. And it's yeah. just that kind cares. of bright, that's not, bright, that's colorful, wholesome escape. Like it's, it's just so wholesome. It's so pure. It's it, that's, you know, I, I think that's, yeah, you, you just need to, <laughs> to relax. <laughs> um, yeah. So for, for me, uh, I've picked up this weird addiction to buying little emulator consoles <laughs> Um, uh, they're gonna say uh, I picked up this weird addiction to buying Valorant codes. <laughs> no, no. So I picked up a, a BitBoy a couple of weeks ago, um, and then I followed that up by picking up a Pocket Go, and I've got another one coming on the, on the way that's um, a little bit more powerful, which should be able to play kind of PlayStation One games. And yeah, I don't know the, these little kind of emulated consoles from from China. Have, they're of pretty high quality these days. Like the they feel very premium. To, to play with and uh yeah i've been going through and catching up on some retro gaming with these things and it's a weird thing because i was never interested in um the kind of emulated consoles before but yeah they're good they're fun bit boy i recommend it there you go and what about you have a rogue rubination so if you got, if you guys are in lockdown, right, you've got maybe a bit more spare time in your hands. You want to think, hey, maybe I should get, you know, more cultured. But there's the problem because because museums are closed down, theaters are closed down. How are you gonna get that arty fix, you know? And so I'm gonna recommend Kentucky Route Zero. 
which if you know me for the last seven years i've been waiting for this game to come out every single year i'm like this is going to be the one and it was never the one but now it's finally the one in 2020 uh it's a game that is like everything good about going to a modern art gallery and a weird theater performance and watching an art house film all in one right it's really deep but it's also very peaceful it's thoughtful and it's the kind of game where if you're busy with work or you don't have the time to sit down and think just to yourself for a long time, you're not going to enjoy it as much. But if you got that time right now at home just to enjoy something that's maybe on a deeper level than you usually do, then Kentucky Zero has that depth that you're looking for. And it's just such a great story. It's, it's sad, but in a peaceful way. It's really thoughtful. Its characters are really well developed and i can't explain it very well without spoiling everything so i'll just leave it at that but yeah is, is the last really... chapter out yet it is That's it, the point. it really it's it a, is you can, you can also get it on console now so you can play it on your ps4 or your switch or whatever and yeah it's very theatrical speaking of theater is video games so here's the thing about how little alan knows about me right for years yeah well not years but for a very long time alan has been recommending that i play pathologic 2 right yeah um He's done it on the podcast quite a few times in the past as well. And I was just putting it off. I just, yeah, yeah, Alan, whatever. Um, it's probably like this this stupid shooter thing from Riot. I will <laughs> not be interested in this game. Um, but, yeah, it came out on PS4 and I figured, you know what, I'll give it a go. I'll play it. And it's like within two minutes, I realized, hey, hang on. This game is actually like theater in video game form. And it's like Alan never thought to mention that to me once in because recommending me to play. So, because Alan, you do not understand it. me. I'm actually hurt by this. You just need to say, oh, Matt, it's like theatre in video game form, and I would have bought it like immediately. Because if I said that, you would have been like, oh, but do you shoot the gun? <laughs> and I would have been like, yes, you do shoot a gun. And yeah, I mean, yeah technically you do shoot a gun. I'm not wrong. But yeah, it's good. It's patholo <laughs> pathologic. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, but <laughs> Pathologic 2 is really good stuff. And good like Kentucky Route Zero, it's very theatre and cultured, and it's a bit of a mind mess, so yeah, these games are good. Good choice, Harvard. It's exactly what you need in quarantine. Existential dread. Yeah. <laughs> Walking past people getting burnt by flamethrowers. Extremely good idea in a pandemic. Ugh. That's just New York in 20 uh, days. I mean, what? <laughs> Trent, what's your game? Well, <laughs> well, I was going to say New, Animal New York, Crossing. New York City in 20 else... days. That's, that's Trent's next game. <laughs> He's good. Um, He's good. So someone else said Animal Crossing, so I'll actually go back to the itch.io conversation from before. I didn't purchase on itch.io because I always was turned off by the name, so I just didn't look at it. Anyway, but I bought them on Steam, but like pre-pandemic, I was really getting into games which were just like an hour long. Uh, so I was starting to play like Frog Detective. I played like the first Frog, Frog Detective, Detective is so good. I, I didn't play I didn't play the second one yet, but I played the first one and a short hike. I also played a short hike and really loved it. Like just those tiny, small, bite-sized games where you can just sit down, like have half an hour to like an hour to play it, and you have like this small condensed ex experience, which is so um, like especially because it's so indie. It's like so great, and a short hike was probably the more gamey one out of both. But even then, it was very you know, you could just take your time. You could just relax. And a frog detective is just crazy. Like, I'd like turn, I'd be like, oh, I need this thing. And then I turn around and be on the, like a cove or something. And I'm like, what? Why is this here? What is this animal? 
And then, like, the end of the game is just like, what? The whole thing is just like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like a really wholesome and cute game. It is also, like, an hour long, like Trent said. It is a good time. It's worth it as well. It's not that, you know, it's not that expensive either. It's It's worth a little bit of a shot. You know? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my, my brain just like stopped working halfway through the sentence. That was like the most diverse set of recommendations <laughs> I've ever heard. It was such, well, a, such a range. <laughs> I, I think everybody needs to find their thing to, to get through this nonsense. It's We've still got a way to go until yeah. the world opens back up again, unfortunately. Um, it sucks. I want to be in Japan right now. <laughs> I was going to be in Italy. <laughs> well, really I've, already canceled, I've already cancelled one trip to Japan. I'm not sure if I'll be getting there for, for Tokyo Game Show either at this stage. Oh, um, yeah, which will be very sad. It'll be the first year in like six or seven years that I've missed it. I'll cry. I was going to yeah, watch I... Lindsay Sterling. She was going to come to Australia. It was going to be great. I was going to see her. It would have been a trip because, you know, no one comes to Tamworth. None of the big bands come to Tamworth. Everyone should come to Tamworth. Is she coming to Tamworth? No, she's going to Sydney. I had to go to Sydney. Oh, she's going to Sydney. You were going to go to Sydney. Yeah, I was going to say that's respect, but... But everyone should come to Tamworth. Just, just like, cancel your shows in Sydney. Come to Tamworth. Do it in the trek. It'd be all like, yeah, I'm putting on a show for, like, I don't know how how many people it fits in there. Probably only, like, 20,000 max. Maybe, like, 1,000, probably. I don't know. 20,000 is way too high. And then, yeah, just, like... You know, doing the Shrek. Yeah. 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 Just so I don't have to leave my house. If I, if I ever become a famous musician, I'll come and do a show in Tamworth. <laughs> Just for you. It's going to be like the, the really lightning nice. queen of music. I'm looking, forward to seeing Matt, I'm looking forward to seeing Matt make his New Zealand rap debut. Yeah. I was... You know what? We're not even going to go there. The podcast... We'll to- this podcast is... We'll get- Oh. <laughs> we'll get Taika Waititi to to direct the music video for it. That'd be cool. Yes, Matt and the two coolest New Zealand people working together. My good friend Taika Waititi. We go way back. Yeah, <laughs> everyone in New Zealand knows Taika Waititi. Yeah, and that yeah, wood carving guy, the really wholesome wood carving guy. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the nice man who wood carves on stream. Well, now we've basically described the entire population in New Zealand. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was quite funny watching that stream with, and there were a lot of international viewers. And at least once every half hour, someone would ask if he um, knows Taika Waititi. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, just this is just the view that that people in America have of New Zealand is like everybody knows everybody. Yeah. <laughs> He's a tiny. Yeah, but it's like that in Australia as well, though. Like every, everyone's a... like, oh, Australians know everyone, and like it's kind of true. Like, <laughs> I mean, it is it is a step up, you know, Taika from Peter Jackson. You know, that's that, yes, that's that, true. that is that is a step up. New Zealand is moving up in the world. Jodo Rabbit's really good, by the way. I haven't watched it. Yeah. Everybody should watch it. It's really good. It's a good movie. It's also Stephen Merchant's best role. He's really good as a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at it. It's he's hilarious. That's a real thing yeah, you yeah. want in your IMDb page. Yeah, he's <laughs> good as a Nazi. Extremely good Nazi. Yeah. Well, the funniest oh, thing, anyway. I, the funniest thing I remember reading was that you know, there, there was a certain section of the um, the the community out there that actually thought that that movie was in some <laughs> in some way sympathetic to Nazis, and it's like it's not. 
guys, can you like learn how to watch film? Because you, you suck at it. Put down the Avengers films. Watch something real. Speaking of real, the other one that I, I watched the other day, which was really good, was The uh, Lighthouse. That is an extremely good movie, but also it is a this podcast very good needs to movie. I'm going to tell oh, you right, right. yes. <laughs> we actually, we're still on live. Right, okay. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for really coming on to our Game Pass oh, game podcast to listen to us recommend movies. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> we, we always manage to screw things up at the end. But, yeah, thanks for, for tuning in, and uh, good to be back. And at we'll... the end, he says, when we've had train wrecks of introductions. <laughs> we'll, um, we will be back on a monthly schedule going forward, so... Yeah, we look forward to seeing you at the next one. Otherwise, enjoy the games in isolation and um, stay safe, most importantly. very safe and stay home skate fast eat ass do not go out <laughs> do not eat ass <laughs> and do not listen to alan's suggestions they're not right actually <laughs> can, I, can we just do like one quick devote because it's really funny <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you have a
the one telling us to wrap up. No, I know, but this is, like, really funny, though. Um, right. It was, like, American State sent out a newsletter saying, like, you know, these are things that you should and shouldn't do when there's a lockdown happening, and one of the things was do not eat ass because the virus can be transferred between person to person from the asshole. Did they use that exact phrasing? No, not that exact phrasing, but it's really good. <laughs> Oh, the sentiment yeah, is that it's no it said hey dudes stop skating fast stop eating ass <laughs> anyway digitally downloaded.net <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs>